You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage. And our money. husband. Hello. Today we're answering a listener question about managing credit card use with a spouse and doing our usual thing of updating life lately and checking in on in on our money. It's a hard phrase to say, including giving an update to our no buy month, which mm-hmm. we had designated for the month of July. Mm-hmm. All right, life lately. Life is good for me. Uh yeah, since for you. you've been jet setting all around, <laughs> and I've been here with our toddlers. Yeah, yeah, I've had lots and lots of travel. Mm-hmm. We're well, in, we're in the middle of it. Well, kind of on the your biggest trip and your hardest trip for me is over. Yeah. So I guess we're on the the downhill. Yeah, there's no more flying anywhere, so no more jet setting. Although there is travel. Yeah. So now I'm traveling within this. So I had, what did I have first? The California trip. Oh yeah, I had a California trip that for came business up, that came up kind of quickly yeah and then about a week and a half later then i had a trip actually back to california and slash nevada for a bachelor party for my best friend who's getting married next month Mm -hmm. and then coming up a trip to the grand canyon as a mini family reunion on my mom's side which which i of course was invited to also being part of the family but just the grand canyon plus toddlers felt much more stressful so chris is going to represent our family yeah (laughs) and my brother is coming in from seattle and we rarely see him so Mm -hmm. it's definitely important that i'm there so i'm gonna be there that's Mm -hmm. just a few days well yeah three four days i mean just a few days with toddlers (laughs) can feel awfully long and then a two-day training Uh uh-huh in uh, in town, but you need to go be at a hotel. So that's yeah. just been crazy. It's like all the travel that you put off throughout the year, because I know you did say no to a lot of travel requests and opportunities, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just came back all to the month of July. Yeah, I know. <laughs> at least it'll all be pretty much out of the way. There might be one other thing that comes up that I have to do, but beyond that, no more. You're trying to just stay. Okay. Um, I feel pretty proud of myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like I did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some pretty tough times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be tough with the two of us. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like herding toddlers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> herding toddlers who don't want to put on their clothes and don't want to do things. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're in the middle of trying to get Dash to put on his own clothes now consistently. Yes, and that's yes. a, a battle like any yes, other. Yes, so that, r- that kind of remains a battle. And then just, I mean... It really, you really need two people. One person needs to be on just household duties, like cleaning up after them, making the next snack, preparing the environment, cleaning up the environment, getting ready to go somewhere. And then one person needs to be just, you know, playing with them and kind mm-hmm. of mediating and all this stuff. And when it's just one, you know, it just, something slides. Like, I just feel like the house, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely was just in disarray. Yeah. That And, and then once, once the house starts getting in disarray, then like I can't catch up. And then it just mm-hmm. becomes harder for me to, to feel like I'm on top of anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but I don't think I sent you any like aggressive terse texts no you didn't and i want you to know that i almost did like (laughs) i had to stop myself when um i can't even remember you know it's probably like it can be very i think one of the hardest times for me is in the morning Mm -hmm. when it's only like 8 a.m 
and already the house feels like a mess and they're wild and in mm-hmm. and, and like especially when like an activity that I have planned will usually be for like nine, like when the museum, then the children's museum opens mm-hmm. or when we can go get together with a friend or something. And mm-hmm. it's like, I've already been awake for them with them for hours and I still have another hour mm-hmm. to go. Um, so probably then, but then I just, I was like, you know what? I, I don't, I don't want to stress Chris out. I like, I didn't want to stress you out. There's nothing that you can do. And I knew that later I would regret it cause I would feel bad, you mm-hmm. know? And, and you're, well, what do you mean by an aggressive terse text? I mean, not really aggressive. Probably. Like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a random fuck you. <laughs> you're like, Ooh, Kelsey must be having a hard time. I mean, I totally would have understood. I would have taken it in stride. <laughs> I've been fine. Thank you. Uh, yeah, probably just, I mean, probably just something along the lines of like so much screaming before 8 a.m. or something, you know, but I don't. But then I know that you'll feel bad if I'm stressed out. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate that when you're solo parenting, I I don't think that you do that to me. Like you just handle it and stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm sure I've done it before. I have done it before. You have. You have done it before. Yeah. Let this be a lesson to you. Uh, but anyway, but I made it and then you were, and I will say what goes such a long way is just you recognizing and, and saying many times, like, thank you so much. I know that was a like big, big job. Like, don't worry when I'm home, I'm going to, you know, I told you like the house is messy and stuff. You're like, don't worry, I'm going to take care of it tomorrow. Like you just swooped in and, and totally got on top of everything and just, it felt like, let me relax. And then mm-hmm. you said you know this weekend whatever time you want to take and so this morning I skipped going to swim lessons with you guys I biked which was awesome mm-hmm. it was so fun even though it was hot it felt great I just biked to the nail salon right in our neighborhood got my nails done it was glorious and then I went out for uh, I don't know four or five hours this afternoon and mm-hmm. it was just really nice so yeah. it feels good I'm starting to feel rejuvenated I'm ready for another not quite ready, Another but bout. I can I can do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyway, good. Um, well, we'll get through it all, and then and then we'll be done. Hopefully, for pretty much pretty much the year. Yeah. Ooh, I hope so. I hope so too. Um, okay. Let's see. I have another update that I think relates to maybe one of your updates. Uh, so last on last episode, I just shared that sometimes I'll just have these periods where I go through kind of like a like a dissatisfaction or like a wanting feeling about our house, you know, Mm -hmm. just feeling comparison and like wanting different things for our house or upgrades or whatnot. I mean, like, but feeling conflicted because at the same time, I know that we're so lucky to have this great house and it really is so luxurious compared to what, um, just what most people in the world have, you Mm -hmm. know? So Mm -hmm. anyway, um, there is a listener and someone that I've become friends with that I've only just met, uh, through our blogs and, through um, social media and stuff, but um, shout out to our friend, Sarah, who listens to the show. Um, And uh, she actually blogs at, we'll include a link in the show notes, but it's Affirmazon. And uh, her family actually has no car. And they have two young children. So they do everything on bike. It's Mm -hmm. super cool. Uh, We've been keeping in touch via Voxer. And... um, and, and she had a, a message for me in response to, anyway, me sharing that about our house. And she said that she's experienced that some before, too. But then she'll just think, who really cares? And mm-hmm. it was, like, so simple and straightforward. And I just loved that. It was such a, like, grounding perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Who really cares? Yeah. Uh, anyone 
any of our friends, our family that would come over, they don't care. They're mm-hmm. like, if they're, you know, true friends, they really care about you. They don't care mm-hmm. if your house like isn't perfectly decorated or isn't perfectly clean all the time. So anyway, I just love that perspective. So thank you for sharing that, Sarah. I hope that, um, I think that could be helpful to other people too. So yeah, that's awesome. Although <laughs> now I have concerns about our house. <laughs> Because it's cracking and breaking apart, it seems like. Mm. All of a sudden, at a rapid rate. I don't know about a rapid rate. I think it's one of those things that um, now that we're like noticing it, we just notice it a lot. Well, so there's a, a crack. I'm looking at it right now where two walls meet, like right in the corner, where it's actually splitting apart. I mean, barely. Like the paint is kind of pulling apart a little bit, but mm-hmm. that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge crack throughout our grout. Like at the back end of the house, that I wasn't mean, it's there, not that a crevasse. Happened. Like no one's gonna fall in it. Maybe an ant. <laughs> <A> crevasse. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like a crevasse. that Thirty Rock episode. You remember? Isn't that <laughs> yeah. what he called it? Yeah. Into yeah. the crevasse. <laughs> but the grout is like actively coming up out of that crack now, and that I mean that wasn't there, and then all of a sudden it was there like hugely. So, and one of our tile cracked because now like it's now uneven. So there's right. empty space below. Um, and there are cracks. Uh, anyway, okay, lots well, of let's cracks. not go through the litany of cracks in our house. Anyway, there suffice it to say, our house is, is showing signs of stress in, in various ways. And I don't know <laughs> if this is it like, needs therapy. yeah, I don't know if it's like natural movement under the house, the foundation mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but we, we brought in for free a foundation consultant. Mm-hmm. And of course he, he walked through and was like, Oh yeah, this is much more than I want to see. <laughs> Asshole. Um, <laughs> don't, I mean. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. <laughs> he's, he's a nice and guy. And maybe it was more than he wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, well, so what I'm going to do, though, we're going to, I think, unless some listeners can can assuage my concerns and, and tell assuage. me that. Assuage? I mean, you're going You just said crevasse, so I, <laughs> so I can say assuage. Um, can tell me that, that little cracks like this are no big deal. I think we're going to actually get a, a civil engineer or structural engineer to come in and actually assess our house to see if yeah. there might be a foundational issue. So that might be a yeah, potential and cost so you glossed over this so quickly. So yeah, we had a like a foundation repair company come in for like their free assessment, and yeah. basically what they do come in. I think basically if they see anything, then they're like, oh yeah, you need a full assessment. Mm-hmm. It's four hundred and fifty dollars, and then you know whatever problems they find, they can fix it and prescribe you the fixes, and their company can do it. Mm-hmm. That just made us a little bit, you know. W- I had heard them recommended like on our next door, but just since you know their consultant is connected with the company, I was just like, oh, I really want an objective. You know, this is mm-hmm. potentially thousands of dollars of repair. Yeah. I want to make sure we're getting a very objective opinion on this. So um, I do think like just reading up a bit on it, it seems like this is not an uncommon issue in the area. There's mm-hmm. like these expansive soils. So I really don't think that it's something like that. Our foundation is cracked or anything. I think that it has to do with like just these desert soils, the fact mm-hmm. that we're watering our lawn all the time and our house is like, despite living in a desert very flat our house is weirdly on this little hill Mm -hmm. and so that so either this hill was created like when the neighborhood was built or like it like part of the neighborhood was dug out that just to me i feel like indicates settling you know Mm -hmm. so anyway i'm not super concerned but but it's a bit uh you know it is one of these things that uh like you can't plan for Mm -hmm. kind of you don't plan to have 
foundation problems. Well, it's also a thing that might be, might not be a thing at all. It's just natural and, right. and small stress is no big deal. Right. Or it might be indicative of a problem that actually becomes severe in the future. Yeah. So Th- that could represent just like thousands of dollars. Like yeah. I think, yeah. you know, that's like such a tens oh. of thousands. I mean, if it was really, of course I'm not that worried, but yeah. anyway, so yeah, we'll, we'll probably bring a guy in who's got a PhD. I found somebody and we'll probably spend $500 for him to do an okay. assessment. Uh, but he said, you know, most of the time, if there are fixes to be made, they're they're small, they're minor, they're not a big deal. I like so, this guy. Yeah. So anyway, so we'll, we'll see we'll see what comes of that. But we'll give you an update. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we move on to our money? Yeah. All right. Okay. So we thought that um, we are so open about our finances, and I think on our very early episode, we just shared, you know, what our take-home pay is, kind of what we save in retirement, our savings goals and things. But, um, you know, I know that we have some new listeners, so I th- we thought maybe we would just kind of give a rundown of our just general financial situation because yeah. we haven't just kind of updated that in a while. So take yeah. it away, Chris. So, yes, yeah, so you can listen to some of the original numbers in those early episodes. And original, I, like number one. Numbers one through four, somewhere in there. <laughs> but on episode four, somebody recently asked a question about it. Oh, okay. And I did provide a bunch of numbers in response. So if you gotcha. go to com and then you go to episode four gotcha. in the comments section, in you'll see comments. some more numbers. But just as an update right now, in terms of what we take home per month, $8,700, a little under that. So that's after taxes. That's after taxes. Per month. And, and that's... That represents a little bit of a raise since we reported on it when we first really started we the say podcast. Like what what our salaries both are. Yeah, so I don't I can, I can never remember my exact. <laughs> I know anymore. I was like, what do I make again? It's so funny. Like you know, you just see that number on the paycheck, and it's not really connected to your like whole salary. I don't really think of that. And you know, it's so funny. I think that um, I don't know. Like it's sort of like in my head, my salary is kind of stuck at whatever it was for. I don't know, just like a few jobs ago. Like yeah. I always think that I make like fifty two or fifty four thousand mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh yeah, I make fifty seven thousand. Yeah. All right. You make fifty seven thousand two hundred eighty three dollars and twenty cents. All right. And I make eighty six thousand seven hundred fifty five dollars and fifteen cents. Now, Chris's is a little bit different because that's for nine months. You're on a nine-month teaching contract. So that's what you make for your nine month teaching contract. Um but you have always sought extra work mm-hmm. in the summer. So I teach one or two extra classes and, and that'll bring in, you know, 10, 15, potentially even more thousand mm-hmm. dollars, mm-hmm. eight to 15 or more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that 8,700 roughly per month is our take home for nine months. Right. And then in the summer when I don't necessarily make anything, what we're guaranteed at least is your $2,900 a month. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> And so just other other pertinent details, we each save 11% of our pre-tax dollars for retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, our employer matches mine. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. Okay. You're like lumping this all in. Like, let's break it down. Well, if you give me a chance to finish a sentence. Oh, okay. You're talking so fast. <laughs> so we each save 11% of our pre-tax dollars into our retirement accounts. Um, and our employer matches mine fully. And your first 7% fully because that last 4% is voluntary on your part. That's right. Right. Which part of that is, uh, let's remember, I got a raise Mm -hmm. uh, last year in November. It was going to be $150 a month. Mm -hmm. 
um, broken out over the year, I chose to put that all towards my retirement. Mm -hmm. Still feeling real proud of myself Mm -hmm. for that. You should. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so that's that's one half of our savings. The other chunk of our savings is uh, we're trying to save. One of our big goals that we talked about Mm -hmm. early on, too, is saving $20,000 a year Mm -hmm. over the course of five years. And we're in year two to save $100,000 lump sum but that we're investing into the market. So we hope it grows over time too, mm-hmm. to an amount that would be sufficient to pay off our house at that time mm-hmm. if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. So um, thus getting us nearly debt-free at that point. And where are we investing that money, Christopher? In our Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. All right. Yeah. Uh, which is the best fund that you could possibly invest in. And I think in the past I've I've tried to say the like the symbol, mm-hmm. and I think I said FTSAX. Oh because, really? Yeah, because I I think fit, oh I don't we also remember have fidelity that. accounts. Hopefully I didn't do that, but it's VTSAX. Yikes. Yeah, but anyway. What if someone invested like their whole life savings in FT? That's a good place to remind everyone that we are not licensed financial advisors. (laughs) (laughs) You should take what we say with a grain of salt (laughs) and do your own due diligence. (laughs) There you go. Asterisk. (laughs) So just a, yeah. So just a quick update on what we're doing, what we're saving, what we're making, all of that. That's where we sit. Do you have anything to add? Mm, I don't think so. Maybe it would have been nice to say what our like monthly expenses are. Uh, Well, you can visit our, our budget spreadsheet mm-hmm. that's also yep. on the blog on loveandnatrimony.com yeah. yeah. so you can see that um we should actually update that because it's probably slightly changed by yeah. now yeah um but the other thing maybe to note also is that we do have other debt so you had about thirty five thousand dollars of student loans i currently have a little under sixty five thousand dollars of student loans Wait, i feel like your student debt has grown it just it doesn't move it's crazy okay i swear <laughs> I swear you used to tell me that you had $60,000 of student loan debt. Now you have sixty-five. <laughs> Are you borrowing money without telling me? Are you taking out more student loans? I'm pursuing another I call degree. shenanigans on you. <laughs> what the heck? It, it. I barely, I think $20 of my monthly payment actually goes to the principal. So oh it, it just God. does not move. That's, that's to be addressed in some way in the near future. But... Um, a couple of years ago, we paid off your debt entirely in one year. That That's was like right. a big thing, and we did it. We knocked That's it right. out. Um, my debt, my student loans, though it's a really large sum, is at 3%, and I pay 200 dollars a month mm-hmm. towards it. So it's not actually – and it's and, a 30-year loan. And so. can, you, can you give an update? Because we did say a while ago that you were looking into the student loan forgiveness programs. Can you give an update on that? Yeah. Do we want to address that one? Because that's another... I mean, just just like kind of quickly, since you're mentioning your student loans in passing, I feel like people might say, hey, I thought you guys were looking into student loan forgiveness. Just like just like this. Okay. Uh, I've looked into it. It's unlikely that it's helpful for me at all because well, I've been making payments that are too... So I'm not on one of the repayment plans... That qualifies. Like that officially qualifies, but other payments could qualify if they were sufficiently large, but I don't know that what mine were large enough mm-hmm. to qualify. So I've been paying for 10 years... And it's like, and I and I am a public service employee, but it's likely that it totally doesn't help me mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. And you, all would, the other you would need to be ha- have been making bigger payments. Yeah, yeah. So that's and, a bummer. And we're still waiting, but we're still waiting for the official word. Like they they said yeah. this can like okay your accounts have transferred. Well, you're, we're evaluating this. It could take up to ninety days, which is a long time. So now, now one of our listeners mentioned that they are involved in uh, like loan forgiveness policy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure in what capacity, 
But um, here's a thought. So mm-hmm. for people in my situation who have been public service employees for 10 years but haven't made sufficiently large payments, mm-hmm. if it could be possible to figure out the difference between what the payments should have been to qualify and what the payments I've actually made right. are, and then I could pay that amount right. and get my loans forgiven, yeah. I'm game for that. Right, right. <laughs> like if it, even if it's like $20,000, right. you know, if that made sense for, you know, pay 20000 to get sixty. Forgiven. forgiven, I will do it, right? That's such an interesting idea. So, but that's not, I think, currently an option. So, hey, I mean, so loan policy listener, um, <laughs> <laughs> take that one to your boss. Please. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. You wanted to talk about, you have on here sabbatical investing in myself. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more about you, Christopher. Hey, you have you've had the year of Kelsey. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, right. You actually named the year after yourself. <laughs> My employer has granted me sabbatical. <laughs> so, as we've mentioned in the past, I have this six months for five months sabbatical coming up, mm-hmm. August through end of December. Oh yeah, we didn't say what we do on our little like recap. Uh, oh, like financial recap. I am a. <laughs> associate <laughs> professor. <laughs> I was trying to think of some way to like elevate that. And <laughs> associate professor. And yeah. I am a science writer in mm-hmm. a, with a communications, a research communications group at the same university. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, back to you. Being a professor, every seven years or roughly, roughly that you can get a sabbatical, and mm-hmm. for a, and a sabbatical can be a semester or a year, and you go go off and do a project or a series of projects. To explore some some new method, whatever. And you get paid for it. You get, paid, you get paid for this time off. Yeah. It is, I mean, phenomenal. Yeah. So I get full pay for five months. And I have work to do. Like I sure. wrote yeah. up a proposal. I'm supposed to do these projects, mm-hmm. publish papers, et cetera. Um, but I don't have to go teach or yeah. be do involved in meetings. service, like meetings, committees, all of the stuff that goes along with being mm-hmm. a professor. That makes you gray really fast. And so I have this... What's nice is that I have the work to do, but I also have just utter flexibility in my yeah. time. Yeah. And I'm trying to decide. So this is an opportunity that comes along, given it comes every seven years, you know, just three, Handful maybe times. four times tops, right. like at least in my case. And so I'm trying to decide, given that this is literally a, a few times in a lifetime opportunity, mm-hmm. should I actually invest in myself in some other way? Like mm-hmm. if I have all this time, would I want to say, learn how to play the piano and take lessons and, you know, not obviously eat up my time so that I couldn't do the work I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to do, but take advantage of the the flexibility and do something new and different and cool. Mm. Yeah. And if that's the case, if it's unprecedented and I have the opportunity to do something new and develop myself, should I drop some cash into it? Mm -hmm. So it becomes a financial question. I see. Right. So like just recently, for example, I'm on summer, I'm not on sabbatical, but I did spend $225 for an extra training program Mm -hmm. to increase muscle. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> cheesy when I put it to that way. bulk up. And, and I'm trying to periodize my training. We do Orange Theory Fitness and it's a lot of endurance training for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so this is dropping the endurance and focusing more on resistance training. That's what periodizing means? What's that mean? Periodizing means, so when people train, people always talk about hitting plateaus. Okay. You hit plateaus because you usually train in the same modality, mm. the same type of training. Gotcha. Cardio, same movements and resistance training, mm-hmm. whatever. And so you stop getting good gains. Mm-hmm. And real athletes will periodize. So they'll have like an endurance portion to their training and they'll move into a strength portion and then a power portion. Mm. And that means like different weights, different movements, um, mm. different rep counts, mm. all of these things. Um, and so this, this thing is all about 
just much higher weight, fewer reps, gotcha. and then less cardio to actually maximize muscle building. But it's not that I want to bulk up, but just so that I can, you know, keep my body on its toes and gotcha. keep improving. How's it going? Are you busting out of your t-shirts yet? They can't contain your muscle? <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gained some weight overall that mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping is not a permanent thing, but it is what it is. So I'm hoping I can actually like utilize that and mm-hmm. just just be comfortable with the weight and just know that I'm um, gaining some muscle in yeah. the meantime. I'm as healthy as you can be. Yeah. So I'm, I'm healthy, so I don't really care too much. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be going well. The only problem is that I have all the travel. And so right. it's difficult to maintain the yeah. schedule. Yeah. Um, but I may, I don't know. I'm actually offering nutrition advice to the guy. So now I'm trying to decide if maybe I can work a deal. He'll let me do it a second mm. time through for free. That's interesting. That's I'm an interesting that. idea. Okay, on the on the additional money or taking on additional things during your sabbatical. Um, so, like hypothetically, let's say right. I took a thousand dollars to do a thing. Mm-hmm. I could see. I mean, I could see like being in support of that. I guess I'm kind of thinking to just what your sabbatical, like what you want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. You do want to. You are working, um, wanting to develop a new area of research, kind of maybe pivot your pivot your uh, research, your area focus a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so you want to get that out of it. Um, and so I guess I would just wonder like how much taking on something additional might take away from that at all. You know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I want you to, I want you to be going back to work next spring feeling just rejuvenated, like ready to go. Uh, you know, I hope that you're ready to dive back in and mm-hmm. not like, oh man, I just want to never work again, you know, <laughs> or like not work in the traditional way again. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I don't know if kind of splitting your focus in that way would take away from that. However, I could also see on another side, you know, maybe, yeah, doing something really different. I really do think that, uh, like nurturing your creativity in many different ways, like mm-hmm. across different disciplines and mm-hmm. stuff can be really great. And so, so I, I don't know, I would just have to see, you have so many different interests. And so, um, you can kind of really get into something and, and want to do it right then. Mm-hmm. But then is it really worth like investing that money? And like, is it really something that you're going to want to stick with mm-hmm. um, through a semester? Cause I'm also a big believer in uh, you have everything you need to start right now. Mm-hmm. Like if it was going to be music, I mean, you have music equipment and you can already write music that you're very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really need to pay money and take on some additional commitment? Like, you know, so that might be kind of my first thing mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that's really coming to mind mm-hmm. is maybe actually buying a digital piano mm-hmm. and then taking piano lessons, which is something we've kind of talked about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in part, that's of interest to me because I want to have a piano around for the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to be able to tinker and just get right. used to the just, idea. Of we the just thing. want music to be part of their life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's true. I could, I mean, I, I actually, I can write all the music I mm-hmm. want to. It would just be the actual learning mm-hmm. the skill of playing the piano, which I, I know how to play piano, but mm-hmm. but actually, you know, right. playing it well. Yeah. So something to think about. Listeners chime in. Yeah. I wish there was like a piano studio where you could go and just like buy an hour for 12 or 30, like some reasonable amount. Yeah. 10 to $15. There I don't must know. be. 
sounds like a great business idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's quickly update our no buy month. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't. I feel like I could be doing a terrible job. Well, you did just buy a bunch of stuff today. Oh yeah. Hey, this is like a, <laughs> this is like an update from a previous episode, <laughs> counter to our no buy month. But I just bought myself new underwear. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> And what did they look like? I'm not going to describe <laughs> them here. Um, they are sensible. Let me assure everyone. Super exciting. <laughs> um, but, okay, but then that is like, yeah, so like, does that count? I mean, I, I think maybe I was, I never fully established it because <laughs> you're going to have to buy stuff every mm -hmm. month or or at least it just feels like, there's stuff I have to buy every month. Like there yeah. are three or four birthdays of friends and family members that come up like August 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, mm -hmm. like all in a row. And so I need to get the gifts for them. Mm -hmm. Like, does that count? I mean, that's something we budget for, but yeah. is that like, I don't know. So I have been buying those gifts. Yeah, I guess I guess we didn't really establish good <laughs> rules for this. This is not a good no buy month. And then yeah, and then I got my nails done today, mm -hmm. and I went out and got underwear. But it was also like I wanted to relax after like solo parenting, and that was kind of like my reward for that. So mm -hmm. should I have not done that? Mm. Which I mean is legitimate. I mean that's fine if someone wants to say yeah, you failed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we really don't have the right rules to know if we failed or not. I definitely feel like there are purchases that I've resisted. Well, that's good. Yeah, and I've been, you know, writing them down on my sheet. I mean, mm -hmm. I think of things every single day that I want to buy. <laughs> so, I mean, in that way, success. That's so funny. Um, I'm trying to think through the month. I mean, I have traveled, so I've been buying food and right. that kind of thing. Fail. Uh, you failed. <laughs> you should have. You should have brought your own snacks. <laughs> <laughs> And I bought books for our nephew's birthday the other day. So oh, yeah. gifts. Which um, I asked you to do. I mean, don't let people think that this was your idea. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I told you specifically what books to buy. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I would not have done it otherwise. <laughs> not that I didn't want to get my nephew a gift, but just I wouldn't. I don't think of these things. Um, I don't think I bought anything else. Well, you bought Dash back a little gift. Oh yeah, and you so me that a little gift. So those, I think those things count. So I think that's a fail. Okay. Um, so we yeah. failed. <laughs> yeah, I bought I bought thirty dollars of gifts for <laughs> you and for Dash and for Cedric. Failure. Little activity books and a little writing book for you. Yeah, man, that's so hard. I would love to hear from people who successfully do no buy months. Like, I I don't think it'd be that big a deal. Like, the travel is one thing, just because yeah. I, I thought it was maybe important, just because it was a big trip away, and mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's not that important. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just an excuse. Mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, I mean, if I decided to cut out food, that would be like the harder thing for me to do. But physical purchases like stuff, things, yeah. I never think of anything to mm. buy. Mm. Okay. So I, would, I would like to try this again. Yeah, we should. For sure. Okay. Maybe not next month. Not next but month. But soon. <laughs> <laughs> September, <laughs> when my birthday comes around. Oh, good. Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to our listener question. I want a piano for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll make note of that. I will consider it. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our listener question. 
Uh, okay, we got a great question from listener Vanessa. So there were a lot of great details, so I'm going to kind of recap it So and jump in with details if you think that I missed something. Because okay. I, I feel like it's nice to give a full picture. She gave a lot of great details, I think, kind of about how their um, finances are working. Okay. So her question ultimately is about um, credit card use and managing that with a spouse. They got the Chase Sapphire card um, uh, back in November. This is actually, this is a card that we also have and have built up a lot of points Mm -hmm. for travel. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a good like points credit card. And they also got it with the aim of building up points to use to um, travel. Um, Once their kids are a little bit older, they currently have a toddler and a second baby on the way. Um, She and her husband both work, and they make enough money to live comfortably. But (laughs) after what she says... You spelled comfortably without the Y. (laughs) Comfortable. That sounds like comfortable. (laughs) They are able to live comfortable. But after uh, what she described as miscommunication and some mistakes they both made in budgeting for bigger expenses, they racked up some credit card debt. But they're being super smart about it using the Dave Ramsey snowball method where um, you you know, uh, are, are making the extra payments every month and they're going to take care of that within the year. But um, they want to know how they can be smart about using this credit card to accumulate points. So she kind of identified some issues that they had with how they um, got into the situation of having some credit card debt. So she said she would use the credit card to make purchases with the thought that they would use money in their checking account to pay it off at the end of the month. So she would be aware of these expenses sitting on the credit card. Meanwhile, her husband would not be aware of those charges on the card, see that there was money in the checking account, and then, you know, make his own purchases or schedule payments, whatever. So at the end of the month, there would be the shortage. Um, She said that she was also, like, even though purchases that she was making would be reasonable and, like, things that she knew her husband wouldn't have a problem about, she would put stuff on her credit card and kind of avoid having conversation about the purchase, even though, like, even though she knew her husband would be fine with it. And I I could definitely relate to this. Um, She said that they rarely have, uh, feel like they have a need to say no to each other's purchases. Like, she feels like they're both pretty... Um, smart about spending and stuff, but they do spend differently. Her husband is buying more frequent, smaller purchases throughout the week, like lunch or coffee out, like a purchase on iTunes or something, whereas she is buying bigger items less frequently, like clothes or something for around the house. Um, And so that's kind of how they got into the situation. Um, And so they're just wondering if we have some tips. She said that they um, were trying to do like a weekly budget meeting or something, but we're just finding that it ended up feeling kind of stressful. Like that's their only time that they have together, you know, with a child and working full time. And so that wasn't quite working for them. So everyone enjoys talking about money like we do. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, Or, you know, I mean, there's definitely times where I don't feel like talking, even though we love to talk about money or Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, (laughs) Mm. um, Okay, so let's kind of talk about this. I I loved this, and thank you so much for writing in, Vanessa, because I feel like this is, you know, they... Um they they make money. They have a budget, you know, that, that she says works well for them. Like, they are thoughtful about money in many ways, and I think this just goes to show how just 
not communicating even a little bit about money, even if you're communicating about some, but not all of it, how mm-hmm. kind of like easily you can get into the situation where it's just like, wait, what, what happened? I thought we were being smart with our money. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so I just appreciated that. I could also just relate to the kind of like, uh, I don't really want to talk about money right now. I could actually really relate to that where sometimes I'll be like, okay, I kind of need to talk to Chris about, I put this, um, like travel, like something like on my credit card and we've talked about it and we know it, but then it's kind of like comes to, okay, well now I actually do have this $600 on my card. Like it could be plane tickets, you know, but it's like, Hey, so I need to transfer money out of that. It's just like kind of all the logistics of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's just, it's funny. So I could, I could relate to that. Um, and I appreciated that. So anyway, so let's kind of talk about our recommendations for them. Well, uh, I was, I was kind of thinking, let me take this, Chris, because <laughs> <laughs> I see that your notes were later. So, <laughs> okay, you go. okay. So I think that, uh, the two places that, uh, where we see where you guys need to, um, work on things is transparency and communication. And I will say she said that they have since, like, when she had written this within the past just couple of weeks, they'd started to look at their budget more frequently together, mm-hmm. like, check in more regularly. So it sounded like they were kind of getting onto a good path. And so it sounds like these are some things maybe they're already implementing, but um, I think these are good things to keep in mind. So um, transparency, I was wondering if maybe they would start using mint or the other program that we've heard good things about. You need a budget Mm -hmm. that is collecting all of your accounts in one place, including your credit card, um, and, and showing you where everything is Mm -hmm. that you can both log into both easily see where you're at and what purchases are being made. Um, I feel like maybe for them, especially if it almost is like, they both are fine with each other's purchases. Like maybe that's just a first place like that they can see them and then it makes it feel easier to talk about Mm because there's already just that base of transparency. Um, And I wasn't sure about this either. She mentioned that she was checking the credit card balance, but her husband wasn't. Um, If he's not like a joint credit card, like joint on the credit card, I would put him joint on the credit card, even Mm -hmm. if he doesn't like, even if, he doesn't want to use the credit card, just get that card and put it in a drawer or something just so that he has like also logs in or, or he should just have your login, I would say. And maybe he should make a habit more of checking in on that regularly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be the, the most important thing that Mm -hmm. both people could see at all times, Mm -hmm. any balance anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, otherwise it's, it's through no fault of anybody's. You could easily not understand that there's a balance need to be paid. Right. Whereas your pot of cash could be dwindling. And how does ours work on Mint? Because I do have my my Southwest rewards. I have a Southwest um, Visa rewards card to get points for Southwest flights. Mm-hmm. And you um, have the Chase Sapphire card. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I'm sure I do have your login, but I don't regularly log in and look at your at your card. And same for me, but they show up on on mint yeah like right? we could look at each other's every purchase on our cards if we wanted to on mint right but um, does it say what the purchase is or does it just say the amount i mean it does yeah it, it, yeah it says it what the purchase is like purchase. or it'll say the vendor which you might not be able to identify I the see. vendor or whatever but i see because i know that sometimes there's like with couples are like well how do i keep something like a surprise like a gift or something like that yeah. and i think that um i think that ultimately the transparency in finances is 
more of an advantage than keeping a gift a surprise. But then I think it's like you just say, hey, like around Christmas time, like, hey, like just don't pay close attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, feel yeah, like, yeah. I feel like you can get around that. Yeah, stuff. I've never I mean, that's in practice. That's what we do. Like, right. I've no, I don't look at your mm-hmm. credit card. All I ever do is just see the overview on Mint and just right. see where the, the totals are. So right. I know and then cross-reference that with our balances yeah. and our accounts. Yeah. And that's I think that's probably in practice what this couple might do too because mm-hmm. if – I'm not – yeah, I'm not like a co-person on your mm-hmm. credit card, so I wouldn't have access to the actual account. Mm-hmm. So Mint is there for just a reference, but if the husband is not necessarily checking in mm-hmm. to cross-reference with the checking account – like what we do is I pretty much keep an eye on all of the balances yeah. and then just make sure. And then I always kind of chime in like, you've got this much on your credit card. Mm-hmm. I know that we have these bills coming. And so mm-hmm. there's this much play in our checking account right. or whatever money we have. Mm-hmm. And so we really can't put much more on any credit cards because we've got to make it to the next yeah. paycheck basically. Right. And so um, I think that's kind of the, the main thing to do would be to open up the transparency. If mm-hmm. both people want to check in, mm-hmm. make sure there is a point person who, who d- does actually check that and is the communicator on when there's a balance being developed. Um, And outside of that, like if that sounds too sort of vague or difficult, Mm -hmm. just within your budget, just build in a line item for credit card Mm -hmm. and just give it an amount. And Mm -hmm. then I think that actually might be nice in this case because they said they're actually making significantly more money than they were last year. That's right. They're getting used to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be a good or bad thing. Like you you might say, Mm -hmm. oh, I can save so much more money or you might kind of you know, spend up to your, right. your means. Right. Um, if you gave yourself a limit that you considered reasonable mm-hmm. based on your prior month spending on your credit cards, mm-hmm. then now you've got a cap. Mm-hmm. And so your husband without checking in could always know that it's $800 tops. Right. And our checking numbers should cover that totally. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you actually don't end up spending that, then you've got some extra you could put into savings, mm-hmm. but that way it's always accounted for. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. Yeah. Right. So that'd be, that'd be another way of going about it. But mm-hmm. I think it's important because I mentioned here, credit cards can be like money spigots because mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, they spew dollars because they don't drop down to zero. Like your checking account, right. you start knowing, okay, I, I don't have much more to spend, right, but right. a credit card balance just goes up and there's yeah. no ceiling your, there. Yeah, right? Your credit card doesn't give you a little notification like, Hey, you've spent more than your monthly allowance this, yeah. this month. <laughs> yeah. Your credit card doesn't care how much money you have in your checking or your savings. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, the line item then would allow you to give yourself that cap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say, and I could, I think, take this, this advice too, just with the communication, I think that the more you practice bringing up these things, Hey, I, I went to target, I spent $160, you know, I got diapers, I got stuff for the house. I also got, you know, a couple of things for me, like, it, it sounds like they both are okay with it. And so I think it's a, a totally supportive place. I, I, I do understand even as open as we are about money, just, you know, there, there's always like, oh, is there going to be judgment? Is there going to be money just can mm-hmm. feel stressful, mm-hmm. you know? But I think just the more you practice bringing it up mm-hmm. and talking about it, it'll feel more and more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, I would just say, just try to practice. And then, I also think that all of us can work on making sure that when our partner, our spouse is bringing up conversations about money, that we're working to make it comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like just kind of be thoughtful. Maybe it can be really easy to immediately go to, but hey, like I thought you already spent your allowance this month or do we really need that? Maybe just, um, 
you know, kind of, kind of hear more about it, be supportive. Just we like both people in the relationship have a role in making conversations about money comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are ways to bring up, uh, like, um, you know, Hey, that purchase, I don't know. Like what, what what do you think is the appropriate way if, if I came and was like, I just spent $200 at target and, and you're questioning like many of the things like a hundred dollars more than you were expecting or just like came home with all this stuff that was kind of like, uh, we didn't talk about you buying this new stuff for the house. I think, I think that happens in any couple, no matter how practiced you are, but that I think in our case, and this just, I think comes with building up the comfort level. Like even if there is a concern about something, it's so pretty much minor Mm -hmm. that it doesn't, uh, accrue in any way to make me feel like, oh, there's this like this bad spending habit going right. on or something like that. But so are you saying that I could come home from Target having spent two hundred dollars on home stuff and it's no big <laughs> deal? I am not. <laughs> um, but so how would you respond? I mean I you know I don't Because know. I don't I don't think that would that see that wouldn't happen. Like a minor thing. Like yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that may have been purchased recently. But I think like you, you might you might buy a twenty or thirty dollar thing for mm-hmm. the house that you decided the house needed, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'd worry too much about that because of twenty or thirty bucks. But if you felt like you needed to spend a hundred or a hundred fifty dollars mm-hmm. on stuff, mm-hmm. I don't, I kind of don't think you would do it without talking to me first, right? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like all the other necessities, diapers, right, groceries. It's just like whatever that costs, we have to have it, so right. we buy it, and so mm-hmm. there's no questions there. If it was ancillary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like throw pillows. You just brought up throw pillows as yeah. like a, a thing you might want to buy. Right. And the the first thought in my mind is like, we have throw pillows. Right. <laughs> so why do we need more throw <laughs> pillows? But if you went out and you bought 20 or $30 of throw pillows, I'd be like, well, if it, you know, 20 or $30, be, I don't know what they cost. I mean, clearly. If you, but, but if you're going to spend, if you like found throw pillows online at Amazon and they were 150 bucks, mm-hmm. I think you would show them to me and then we'd have a conversation whether we really wanted to pull yeah. that trigger or not. Yeah. Even though it's 150 bucks, that's maybe not that big a deal. Right, right. But that's still enough that actually we have to account for that in our yeah, monthly budget. Yeah, we have budget. to think about it a little bit. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's, it's if a thing would so impact our budget that we'd have mm-hmm. to say, okay, is the money actually there? Because mm-hmm. we're so tightly budgeted. Right. That just forces a conversation. It's not about... Mm-hmm you know, good, bad, or otherwise. Right. It's like, can we actually do it if we can? And it's yeah, that and you know what? She had mentioned something interesting that it was like um, kind of, I, I'm not sure if it was an official or kind of un, unsaid rule that anything for them below $50 was mm-hmm. like a no questions asked kind of a purchase, mm-hmm. but over $50 was more of a conversation. So it yeah. sounds like they kind of had that, but I think she said she's been kind of avoiding those conversations and putting things on her credit card. So, so yeah, I think this comes back to, um, just, just working on talking about that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think often I will be thinking about things for a while before I'm, before I buy them. Mm -hmm. And so I might've been thinking about something for like a month and then I'm like, okay, yes, I've decided I really want a month want this. I really want us to spend money on it, Yeah. but then it'll be the first time you're hearing about it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe too, it's just, um, kind of being mindful of that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if other, other people, other women might be like me and, you know, thinking about house stuff and whatnot mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just working on vocalizing it more. So it's kind of more part of the conversation. Yeah. Like the clothes that you bought for mm-hmm. your capsule wardrobe, mm-hmm. you talked and talked and talked about it. You tried a service, you did lots of things. Mm-hmm. 
And then you're like, one day you're like, all right, I'm just going to knock this out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you went out and you spent however much you spent, $500. $500. But it, that was not, that if you had just done that with no conversation, yeah. that would have been extremely concerning to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew that was coming. Right. And then I went back to our budget and said, okay, this expense is coming. And now let's make sure the money is there. And then we just. I will admit that when I, because I didn't like have a budget when I went shopping and then. I will admit that when I came home, I was like, well, not like nervous that you'd be mad or anything, but just nervous that it would be stressful. Like, oh my God, how are we going to pay for this? Or, you know, mm -hmm. if, if it really was stressful, I was, I would like, I've returned some things or I don't, I've just never mm -hmm. spent that much on clothes before. Mm -hmm. And it, and it was the biggest kind of, um, not explicitly planned, like here is the amount of budget. Yeah. And, um, Anyway, you were just like, okay, we'll figure it out. And like, not like I would do that all the time or make a habit of it, but I really appreciated that you made it not stressful at all. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was just, it felt really nice because it felt like this is something I've thought about for a long time. I just want to, I do, I'm being a little extravagant spending mm -hmm. like maybe more money than, you know, that is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, it was nice that you allowed me that extravagance and you didn't make me feel bad or anything for it. So yeah, well, there's it. no allowing the extravagance, right? Like mm -hmm. it's a, it's a mutual decision. Right. And, right. You know, right. So it's not like there's no final say one or the other. We yeah. have the discussion and right. you've talked me down from like guitar purchases and things like that. That's right. <laughs> right. And <laughs> that's not like you didn't have the final say on that, nor did I, it was just yeah. a discussion that come right. to a rational conclusion about mm -hmm. where money ought to go. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Hopefully those things help this couple out. Yeah, I hope extent. so. Yeah, let us let us know. And good luck, guys. It sounds like you're um, on a good path. And congratulations on your second baby on the way. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to one big thing. Okay, you you go first. Okay, this is not too complicated. Okay. One, um, a one. So there was an article I saw recently. Somebody. I don't know if somebody sent it to me or if I just happened upon it, but it was on Slate and I'll put the link in the show notes. But um, it was, the title of the thing was Experiences Over Stuff is a Tired and Sexist Idea. And Very intriguing. I was intrigued because it, they mentioned voluntary minimalism. Oh, interesting. Voluntary, I think they use the term voluntary minimalism, which hmm. is like a weird conflation of two terms. But And what does that mean? <clears throat> well, there's minimalism, mm -hmm. which like the minimalist would would our proponents of, and that's like really getting down to just the essentials in life. Okay, like, right. You know, eight, eight shirts and two pants and you're set. Right. Kind one, of thing. one pot, one fork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's voluntary simplicity is another term okay. that's used. And that's people minimizing, I think is in there to some extent, but it's also just sort of reducing the stresses of life by not engaging mm -hmm. in so much consumerism and so much rat race type of stuff. Yeah. So, so are the not minimalists be, not that? I mean, they, I, I think minimalism is a a more accidentally ascetic version of voluntary simplicity. Oh, if that makes okay. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, but the back to the article. It was the idea. There were two ideas in it, which at at first I had to like ruminate on it for a while. But yeah. I agree with the author's stance now. Um, the first concept was that this like fetishizing they called it of voluntary simplicity and minimalism mm -hmm. is. Um, actually what it is, cause like there's this thing out there, this idea that, you know, being bound to a mortgage and doing lots of domestic stuff mm -hmm. and buying all this crap for mm -hmm. your home disallows you from enjoying life, right? going out, having experiences, mm -hmm. traveling, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, mm -hmm. all that stuff. But implicit in that, you know, with the stereotypical 
men are outdoorsy and adventure seeking and women are inside homemaking, mm-hmm. um, which is just a stereotype. But mm-hmm. implicit in that, if that is the stereotype you adhere to, is that all the homemaking stuff mm-hmm. is subdued and boring mm-hmm. and you know, life sucking, mm-hmm. um, and all the outdoorsy stuff, all the adventure seeking typically may, like associated being more masculine or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the stuff to be valued. So it oh, devalues what's maybe traditionally or stereotypically more feminine and overvalues hmm. what's more masculine. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing was, that's a bunch of bullshit because mm-hmm. first it's sexist, you know, that, mm-hmm. that sort of overvaluing and devaluing, um, and the argument was made. So, you know, what is it about my domestic life? That's not mm-hmm. so awesome as traveling to mm-hmm. Nepal, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I really, truly agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think we actually fetishize travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just as a culture. Yeah. Yeah. That, that we need to, you know, we need to go rock diving in Bali or something. What's rock diving? Oh, cliff like diving, diving off I, a cliff rock. Diving, yeah. <laughs> cliff diving, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Diving from a very high location okay. in a very exotic place. I see. I see. <laughs> um, that kind of stuff mm. is just, and it's an experience like any other. And actually, there's good research to show that that actually doesn't elicit any greater happiness than the happiness you can elicit at home. Mm. Not to say you shouldn't go travel and mm-hmm. have unique experiences, but just that that's somehow any better mm-hmm. than your home life is mm. stupid, I think. And mm. I think it is actually, to an extent, sexist. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And, so that was one piece. And the other piece, though, that I thought was was maybe the more essential and important one, especially from my perspective, like mm-hmm. I really value voluntary simplicity and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really combating consumption because I mm-hmm. think that's bad for health and happiness and the environment and everything else, was the idea that going out and having adventures, like spending your money there, mm-hmm. was actually more essential and less consumptive. Actually, that's the more important term. Less consumptive than spending your money at home. Like... In oh, other there's, words, there's an assumption that going out and having these experiences is less consumptive yeah, than being at home. Because your experience was just you in this place right, and right. Not, not you stuff. buying like a big piece right. of furniture or something, right. right? But that ignores like all the fuel that mm-hmm. was burned and the plane that you were on, you know, mm-hmm. getting to this place and the like rental cars and the hotels mm-hmm. and all the, you know, food and everything else that you mm-hmm. actually did consume. In fact, it's wildly consumptive mm-hmm. to take these long trips. In fact, Just not in like tangible ways. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And outside of probably people's diets and like meat consumption, mm-hmm. planes are mm-hmm. probably the biggest contributor to your, you know, carbon emissions mm-hmm. in terms of your personal like experiences. Mm-hmm. So... That was, I think, really important that having these experiences is is probably more consumptive than the stuff you do at home. Mm. Um, But the thing I kind of came away with, though, was that still there's this misplacement of where happiness is. Mm Because like it's like because the argument was also that, well, so I should be able to buy my couch from Crate and Barrel and be happy at home with that. Mm -hmm. But still, we really shouldn't be, I think, focusing on pulling much happiness out of the stuff that mm-hmm. we buy. Like we need right. a, pl- it's good to have a place to sit. So it's nice to have a couch. <laughs> that's good. Right. But like, that's not your essential happiness at home. Right, like right. what's, what's, I think the essential happiness at home is the relationships you have mm-hmm. and the community that you're embedded in and right. like the farmer's market down the street and yeah. like all the nice things that your community off- and your family and friends offer you, yeah. not the stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like the experience, you know, you're going to consume mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, but the experience hopefully is really like this, some, a unique learning sort of experience mm-hmm. for you. Anyway, so, it was on point for the most part, but mm-hmm. that I thought was still a so little that, bit misplaced. Yeah, just kind of the conclusion there. I had kind of, I think, uh, breezed through this article quickly. And I think at first, yeah, I was, um, and now that you explain it, I understand. Yeah, I kind of had some confusion because I think, yeah, it was just talking about experiences. And I guess 
when I think about living more sim- simply to to better enjoy experiences in life, I am thinking about having friends over and having dinner. I, I'm thinking about experiences in terms of like biking with our family to the farmer's market. Like I'm not thinking about the backpacking trip across Europe, you know, not, not that that wouldn't be an awesome adventure and yeah. great, but that's not what, um, like I'm, I'm thinking of being the main driver of my happiness. I am kind of thinking about those just cooking an everyday dinner for my family and, and, and enjoying that and, you know, not having, um, like, not having a television because that means we are spending more time just connecting like the two of us, like with our family, mm-hmm. with stuff like that. So, okay. So that, that makes more sense. I think then I was just like, I, I wasn't defining experience in that way, but mm-hmm. yeah, but that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really good article mm-hmm. worth reading. Yeah. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. We'd love to hear what, what other people think. Okay. My one big thing um, when we are recording this, um, it's just before the Democratic National Convention and Hillary has just announced her running mate. Um, and I just have the election on my mind. Um, I don't know if this will come as a surprise to anyone, but I think we're both planning to vote for Hillary in the <sighs> election. <laughs> so uh, here's my question. Are we going to get a Hillary bumper sticker or any other sort of supportive paraphernalia? I'm not opposed to it. I don't think I want to do a bumper sticker. A bumper sticker? Okay. Well, yard yard sign? Sure. Oh. Hmm. I, I, I guess I don't know why I care about the like the appearance of our car because it's, you know, it's a used car. We're so it's it more about like the sticker being on it than it is about... Yeah, like, I don't care what's on the sticker. Just okay. that, just just selling the car. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. And it's not like you're... It's so not like somebody sees a bumper sticker and be like, oh, I should totally vote for Hillary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And this is, this is the thing too that I'm thinking about because... Um, I am really excited about Hillary and, um, and it's like, I want to show my, I think, I think I've kind of come to what it is. It's like, I want to show my support and be excited about it. But I was like, but why am I kind of like hesitating? I think part of it is, is because like why I don't like politics on Facebook and stuff. It's so one way, Mm -hmm. like I, I want to. I'm not going to convert anyone by them seeing my bumper sticker or them seeing me wear a t-shirt. You know, mm-hmm. I would like to sit down with someone and, and talk with them like as a rational, like as person to person conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you're doing when you're just like having, have a bumper sticker wearing a t-shirt. I, so I don't know. So I guess I was thinking about that. Like I, I want to be supportive. I, I would, I've actually been thinking about, um, maybe getting involved minimally because I don't have a ton of time, I know, but volunteering a little bit in some capacity for the campaign. Um, so yeah, anyway, so those are, those are my thoughts. Let's do something. Cause okay. it is like when I do see, you know, an Obama sticker or I guess soon to be Hillary stickers, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, it does actually make me feel kind of good that there are other supporters. Yeah. Yay, it's Cause we live in a very us. red state and again, right. we're not like, anti-republican right. or anti-conservative like those those are fine and i i, I would happily vote for a uh, you know a rational mm-hmm. fiscally conservative republican if mm-hmm. it made sense to do so it doesn't make sense right now 
<laughs> with the current candidate. Let's not get too into politics here. I mean, but but it is nice, you know. We generally are socially liberal people and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, and, and that's not we don't see that all that often right. in our area. So right. it's nice to see here and there. So that is right. one thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe maybe let's start with the sign in the yard or sign in the yard. See that feels that feels honestly more like I will feel. I guess I I think maybe too just where we live and mm-hmm. given that it's um, pretty conservative. Um, I guess I just also worry about like our this. Out- <laughs> no, not our child <laughs> safety. Just an just outward kidding. showing. If if there would be any like negative, I guess that that's what it is. Like I. I I don't want to invite like negativity or meanness or anything. Not like not like I really think. I, I mean, and I don't think that just like just because someone doesn't support my candidate that they would be mean. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know why it like makes me feel nervous. Um, and that just isn't how I'd want to. I would want to have a conversation with someone. Like I would be happy to sit down. Yeah. And yeah. and talk with someone. So yeah. I I don't know. It's something to think about. Actually, I hadn't thought about that, but it does. This would be more like if I was wearing a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. That doesn't say anything mean. Just says like, "I'm with Hillary" or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything would happen to our car because we have a Hillary sticker. We had an Obama sticker, or maybe I did on on my car. That was when we were driving two separate mm-hmm. cars. Yeah. I don't think you had an Obama sticker. I don't think I did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mm. that's that's my big thing that's on on my mind. How much does this ticker cost? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like $3, maybe mm. 5 We'll have to budget for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I Open think communication. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's about it. Um, you can find um, links uh, for the show notes for this episode at loveandmatrimonymony.com. You can find both of us on Instagram where sometimes we accidentally post similar updates at nearly the same time (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing i'm kels wharton and chris is practically awesome chris and we love getting your emails your listener questions at heymatrimony at gmail.com so live comfortable everyone and love your honey not your money Consume inconspicuously, everyone. And or don't consume at all. Probably consume just less. How about that? That was weird advice. You were just like, we're just trying to promote open communication. And I said consume. Consume inconspicuously. But doesn't that mean like kind of hidden? Yeah, which is why I then said, said <laughs> maybe just consume less. Because <laughs> you know, it's conspicuous consumption is the thing, right? No, I didn't know that. You you haven't heard of conspicuous no. consumption? Well that's like, <laughs> I don't know. Can you do a different one? Let's do it over. Um, I've got nothing this time. What do you have? Oh, I don't do this part. <laughs> um, Live comfortable. <laughs> That's good. Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> That's the chorus. Tyrannosaurus. That's the chorus. What's the chorus? Tyrannosaurus. Now that song is stuck in my head all the time. <laughs> is it your goal to have it stuck in my head too? Mm-hmm. You have to share with me.
Why didn't you show up to join me on the Tyrannosaurus rap? I felt silly. Well, if you'd done it with enthusiasm, it would have sounded awesome. <laughs> also, I don't want it stuck in my head. Tyrannosaurus. No, no, no. La, 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 la. <laughs> Can't escape it.